Hello and welcome to the Music Survival Guide, the independent musician's guide on how to survive in the music industry. My name's Phil, a mixing mastering engineer. I hope you're doing well today. It is the, well as we record it is not, but as this goes out, it's the beginning of May, which is very exciting. It's a new month and hopefully whatever country you find yourself in, restrictions are easing, things are getting better. Certainly in the UK, you can go to rehearsal rooms and things like that. And bands are just starting to kind of find their feet again. That's what I've found. And it's a, it's a really exciting time. So I hope things are going well for you. If not, worry not, they will come back. It may take time, but they will come back. I've had another review of the podcast. And as promised, I said I would read them out as and when they come in. This one actually came in a few days ago from when I record. So it's from a user called Jimbo... <laughs> Jim J- it's from a user called Jimbo Giblets, which is a phenomenal username. It says, I'm finding some really good bits of information, but it's also really well executed, really enjoying it. Good. I'm glad I'm glad it's well executed. I, I can't say much more than that. Thank you for your kind words. And if you'd like to leave a review, then wherever you listen to podcasts, really, Apple Podcasts seems to be the, the kind of top one in terms of rankings. But wherever you are, I will. I'd love a review. That would be amazing. More about that at the end of the podcast. Though. This week, I wanted to talk about cheap gear. And specifically, is it okay to use cheap gear? And this is not just an episode for guitarists and bassists, because you know I know that a lot of focus when it comes to word gear comes to what guitars and amps and pedals and bass amps are using and things like that. But it also applies. I'm going to say also to drum kits. And if you if your vocalist owns a vocal mic, then what mic is that? Things like that. And I just want to open up this conversation really about cheap gear. So you know you know how the story goes. You've you've saved up for ages. You've decided which bit you can afford that you really want, and you've got this this bit of gear, whatever it is, it can be anything, and it's it sounds great and it works great, but it's not the top of the range, is it? There's always something better. There is always something better. So I just wanted to kind of open this up, share my thoughts, share my ideas. This isn't a particularly structured set of thoughts, but I just thought I'd share them with you because it's a really important discussion to have about cheap gear or less expensive gear is probably a better phrase. So I guess when you're when you're working out what you need, and I'm, I'm using the word need here rather than want, I think that's an important distinction. What actually matters when it comes to musical equipment is very few things, really. It comes down to three things that I've got on my list here, which is tuning stability, which includes intonation, if you know what that means. Uh, it's the feel. How does the instrument feel like when you're playing? And the tone. And that applies to a lot of things as well. So it specifically, it applies to drums, basses and guitars and other instruments that you may play. But, you know, if, you, if you're if you working through amps and things like that, then obviously a lot of the tone and the kind of feel of when you're playing through it really does come through there as well. Now, when it comes to an instrument, it's always worth bearing in mind, of course, that tone can be largely changed after the fact. When it comes to electrified instruments, tone can be changed after the fact. You've got different pickups, different wiring setups, all of that malarkey. But the tuning stability and the intonation and the feel of it really are just going to stay as they are. So you need to work out what you want when you're buying it. And I think that that's what just what you need to focus on. Ignore the name, ignore the label. I've seen loads and loads of forums and posts online where, you know, they went to a shop and they were expecting to come out with, I don't know, a Fender 
Telecaster and they actually came out with a Squire. And why was that? Is because they went to the shop, they tried a load of different Fenders and Squires and found the one that spoke to them. And it wasn't the most expensive one. That kind of thing happens all the time. As I say, when you go, when you work out what you want, I'd say ignore the name and work out is the tuning stable? Does it feel good to play? And what's the tone like? Those are your really, really, really important things. I think, you know, we've got to be honest, as as working musicians, affording that three, four thousand pound guitar. I know, sorry, I, I, I said I wouldn't talk about guitars all the time, but I'm talking about guitars. It's just the way it goes. Insert your instrument here. <laughs> when you when you're thinking about buying that, you know, three or four thousand pound guitar, that's a great dream, but you <laughs> The problem is when you're gigging, you're going to find you're so protective over this really expensive guitar that you're not going to be acting quite the same way as, say, if you had a, I don't know, five, six hundred pound guitar, which you might throw around a bit more. Maybe even a cheaper guitar, you might just throw it around a bit more. And you've got to bear that in mind as well, of course, that when you're buying this gear, you're buying it so that you can hopefully take it around touring and it's going to get bashed and it's going to get dented and things like that. And that's okay. That's just part of owning an instrument. But that's just something to take into account as well. The thing a lot of people think about when you think about the, say, the biggest name in your instrument area or, say, the biggest name in whatever instrument you want to get. So, for example, I'm a bassist when it comes to bass amps. Ampeg is just the bass amp brand. It's just the bass amp brand. There are others, but it's it's the kind of elite one to get, if I can really put it that way. Uh, the thing to bear in mind about these brands is they are so expensive. They are so expensive. And when you compare them side by side with, say, another brand who are producing something very similar, let's not go into the legalities of such things, but maybe they're producing something very similar, but it's a lot cheaper, but it doesn't have the the name on it. <laughs> that's the thing what you're paying for when you're paying for a branded item say an ampeg bass amp is you're paying for the name now don't get me wrong hopefully these companies are also producing very high quality instruments and amps and pedals and drums and you know whatever it happens to be but you're partly paying for the name and for their marketing you can't forget that it can be worth it don't get me wrong but not always you just need to buy the best thing for your money. And again, as I say, that comes down to the tuning stability, the feel and the tone. Those are the absolutes that you just can't avoid. Now, the the opposite sometimes is said on a lot of instrument forums is say X brand make the best instrument you've ever played and it only costs £100 and it sounds better than all the others, better than that several thousand pound guitar, whatever it is. Take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. If you were to pull up, let's go back to guitar again. Why not? If you were to pull up, say, a £100 knockoff Les Paul thing and a £4,000, let's go crazy, Gibson Les Paul standard, you would notice a difference. If you're a good musician, you would notice a difference. But there comes a point when the amount you're getting for the amount you're spending kind of levels off and I often find, genuinely, when it comes to it, about a thousand and above, things really start to kind of level off. And what you're getting for your money is better, but you have to spend a load more to get just that little bit better. The kind of percentages kind of even out and it gets just that little bit harder to convince yourself to buy into something that costs that much money, which is a bit difficult. But I would say 
get the best instrument that you can afford. Now, if all you can afford is this £100 guitar, for example, as long as it has tuning stability, it has a feel that you like, and it has a tone that you like, you're golden. Don't worry about the name. Don't worry about things like that. Worry about how it feels to you. How can you express yourself through this instrument? I'm just going to take a quick break now, and then afterwards I'm going to talk about how things look to people. Well, welcome back from my mini weird enforced break. (laughs) And I just wanted to talk about a phrase that I hear a lot when it comes to buying equipment and buying cheaper equipment. And that is, but people will look at my instrument and think that I'm not a pro. Now, there's a few things to say to this. The reality is that not everyone has money for top of the range instruments. That is just a fact. Because you cannot afford a top-of-the-range instrument, that doesn't make you a bad musician. Really important thing to say. That does not make you a bad musician. Don't feel that way. It's not worth worrying about how people perceive you in terms of a pro or not, based on what equipment you have got. It's really not. The reality is, most people either won't notice that you've got a cheaper version of a very expensive instrument, or they won't care. That's that's your two two avenues you can go down. So, for example, in rock, a Gibson Les Paul is a really standard rock guitar. A lot of bands are going to have a Gibson Les Paul shape. But if you own a Gibson Custom Les Paul thing or a much cheaper Epiphone type guitar, 99% of people won't notice the difference. They won't notice that it doesn't say Gibson. They'll look at you and they'll go, cool, that's a rock guitar. I'm going to enjoy this. And that's that's genuinely as much thought they'll give to it, if even that. They may not even think about it that way. What you are worrying about, functionally, is the 1% or maybe even less than 1% of people who will come and see you live or will see a picture of you and will instantly think, what are they playing? What instruments are they playing? What amps are they playing through? What drum set is that? What symbols are those? Things like that. That 1% of people, if I'm honest, is not worth pandering to. What matters is how does your instrument feel to you? How does it feel to you? If you have a guitar that you found in a shop that was 250 quid and you were expecting to spend more money, but you went, this guitar just plays really well. It sounds great and I can make a great sound with it. Don't worry, buy it. (laughs) That's great. Go with it. Follow your gut about how things feel because this is kind of my concluding remark, really. At the end of the day, your instrument are tools to help get your songs across. Now, that may sound strange because, you know, without your instruments, how are you going to make the song happen? But it's how you get your song music across to people. It's how you get your songs across to people. You use your tools, you use your instruments to make the right noises to make the song come together. Good songs will gain you fans because it's just as genuinely as simple as that. Good songs will gain you fans. Expensive gear will draw the eye of some people. They may even become fans of you. But frankly, for that teeny, 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 tiny amount of people, who cares? (laughs) Frankly, who cares? Whether you have a very expensive instrument or a cheap instrument, don't worry. Worry about your music. Worry about your abilities as a musician. Spend time focusing on that. Don't spend hours and hours researching gear. It's a trap to fall into. It really is. When you want to buy a new instrument, a new pedal, a new whatever it is, 
then sure, do some research. But if you've got a good instrument, don't worry about it. Stop just researching and endlessly looking. Just focus on what you've got and what you enjoy and focus on making music with what you've got and what you enjoy. Because otherwise, you'll find yourself knowing so much about gear, but not really knowing how to write a good song, for example, or not really knowing how to do this particular technique on the instrument. That is much more worth your time. It's going to gain you more fans. Focus on that, not on gear. That's basically my conclusion. So that is it for another episode of the Music Survival Guide. If you enjoyed it, then please leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. As I say, every single one is appreciated. I will read them out as and when I see them. Please also share it with any friends or bandmates if you thought it was useful. If you think a bandmate is talking too much about gear and you're just like, let's just talk about songwriting, maybe send this their way. bit passive-aggressive perhaps, but it, it could be worth it. I really appreciate every single one of you. So if you're interested, I've got a community on Facebook called the Music Survival Guide Community. Hop over there for chats about music and band life with other musicians and industry people. And I will see you next time.